Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at tumbleweedhealthcenter.com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Uh, empathy, food for thought, is an attempt to show at a glance 
theological distinction between what is socially and legally accepted, which is changing, and why, and what is forbidden. Why not? All right. Scientists and doctors are making wonderful discoveries about how cannabis exerts its benefits, uh, beneficial effects, and we need to and are publicizing their findings in an unbiased way. Well, some of us are. We just love weed, so I guess we're kind of biased. To the most possible people, we need to stop the obstruction of research and criminalization of a useful plant. You know, there's still states here that are like, hmm, I don't know, man. Weed, no. CBD, okay. You know, we're like, joke's on you, buddy. <laughs> it is weed. It's like maybe weed. <laughs> You're on decaf right now. Get to the regular. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Here's a good picture. Oh, huge, overweight people in their Budweiser shirt. Grilling outside, they got pigs as pets. He's got alcohol. Why? Ooh, ooh. Here it is, though. He's got a six pack in his hand, and they're hugely overweight. Why a meat based culture? Why? I don't know. Y'all tried the Impossible Burger? It's not so impossible. <laughs> not so bad. I mean, I still like to just put so much cheese in it that you wouldn't know what kind of burger you're eating anyway. So <laughs> that's how we roll. Um, the livestock industry contributes on a massive scale to air and water pollution, land degradation, climate change, and the loss of biodiversity, according to, and this is just the 2006 report, by the Livestock Environment and Development Initiative. Yeah, and that's not good because um, even today, if you look up and see uh, industrially what uh, the meat industry does, I think our country consumes the most meat like on the entire planet. I mean, seriously, look these facts up. I'm not making this crap up. It's disgusting. Um, I do eat meat, and I try to eat organic or try to know where it's coming from. I'm certainly not going to go get it myself. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Too much. All the time. Okay, so the UN Food and Agriculture Organization estimates that meat industry is responsible for 18% of all emissions of greenhouse gases. That's a lot. This figure was deemed low in 2009 by two World Watch researchers who estimated a 51% minimum. Producing animal-based food requires enormous inputs of water and energy. It's much less efficient than the harvesting of grains, vegetables, legumes, seeds, and fruits for direct human consumption. Yeah. Eat more green. So that's a dirty old dark picture, and <laughs> sadly, they're outside in an RV, and they've got their TV hooked up to something. <laughs> got satellite dishes up top, but it's gray and gloomy, and they don't look good. And uh, the dog's eating a toy. Anyway, um, it was a toy of a, of a person. <laughs> and then why not? You got your hippies, and you got mom with the long dreads, and dad with his beard, and I bet that's a boy, even with the other long hair. <laughs> Couple kids, they got they got their kids, and everything's all green and shiny. And there's birds flying around and windmills, and their science is organic, and they've got solar, you know. Uh, and the dad's wearing green overalls, probably made up with a, a recycle symbol on them. Mom's carrying a basket of, of vegetables, uh, and why not a vegetable-based culture? Hemp seeds contain all the essential amino acids and essential fatty acids necessary to maintain healthy human life. No other single plant source provides complete protein in such as easily digestible form. The seeds can be eaten raw, ground into a meal, sprouted, made into hemp milk, akin to soy milk, prepared as tea, used in baking. The fresh leaves can also be eaten in salads. Uh, products include cereals, frozen waffles, hemp tofu, nut butters, to name a few. A few companies produce value-added hemp seed items that include the seed oils, whole grain hemp, um, which is sterilized by law in the United States. Dehold hemp seed, the whole seed without the mineral-rich outer shell. Uh, hemp flour, hemp cake, a byproduct of pressing the seed for oil. And hemp protein powder. Hemp is also used in some organic cereals for non-dairy dry, <clears throat> non-dairy milk, uh, what's somewhat similar to soy and nut milks, and for non-dairy hemp 
ice cream. That doesn't sound so bad. Approximately 44% of the weight of hemp seed is healthy edible oils containing about 80% of essential fatty acids, EFAs. Proteins, including um, edistin, are the other major components, 33%, second only to soy, 35%. Hemp, uh, hemp seeds, amino acid uh, profile is close to, quote, complete when compared to more common sources of protein, such as meat, milk, eggs, and soy. Unlike flaxseed oil, hemp oil can be used continuously without developing a deficiency or other imbalance of EFAs. Much better picture. I bet we can get that in line paper. <laughs> All right. Well, you're listening to the Tumbleweed Health Center. No, you're listening to the Wednesday, Wednesday, coming live to the Studio C. Brought to you by Tumbleweed Health Center. How's that? Pick up right back around. Not bad. Um, come on down, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. We open six days a week for certifications. We have a certification special going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, $2.99, and that includes the state fee, which is $150, plus your doctor fee, an eval fee if you don't have records, and your processing fee, and those cards are good for two years now. So what conditions qualify you for a medical cannabis card? That would be PTSD. You have to have a diagnosis from your own doctor to bring that one in. We can't diagnose you for that. Cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, which runs the gamut, fibromyalgia, migraines, IBS, CDD, RA, all the arthritis. <laughs> There's a lot of those. Uh, all sorts of pain. Severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy and all types of other seizures. Uh, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, which uh, extends to dementia and all the different types of Alzheimer's. Hexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. And you're also eligible for a card if you're being treated for something and it's causing any one of those things. You can get your medical card. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Give us a call, 520-838-4430, or just come on down, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. We are open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturday, 10 to 3. Uh, We do have cannabis consultations as well. If you just want to come in and talk to somebody, one of our doctors, about your um, medications with your cannabis or how to start using cannabis, uh, if you're not familiar with it, or, you know, any questions you might have. We've got some awesome doctors that are available also six days a week for cannabis consultations. All right. Let's see. Uh, AZ dispensary providing free COVID vaccines. What? This is interesting. Mint cannabis. All right. Let's check it out. That's here in Arizona. That would be AZ. Okay. <laughs> uh, to Vaccine or not to vaccine? Well, Mint Cannabis, which has three marijuana dispensaries in uh, in Arizona, is partnering with Commerce Medical Group to offer pop-up COVID-19 vaccination clinics for those 18-plus at its Valley locations as part of a Snacks for Vax program. Vaccine recipients 21 and up will get a free edible and a free pre-roll. Running... From 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the free vaccination clinics are scheduled to take place at the Mint in Guadalupe, uh, 5210 South Priest Drive, Tuesday, June 1st at 330 East Southern Avenue, and Wednesday, June 2nd at 17036 North Cape Creek Road. Um, So the pop-up clinics will be administering the Moderna vaccine for adults 18 plus as an added convenience. No pre-registration is required as the vaccinations will be offered on a first-come, first-served basis. Free ride to the mint vaccine sites are available through Uber. Through a partnership with the White House, Uber will provide 
complimentary transportation to and from vaccination appointments now through July 4th. Rides are available through the Uber app and are valid for four free rides, two round-trip rides, up to $25 each. (gasps) You can go to azmarijuana.com to find that. That's very interesting. So, you know, if you want to get uh, if you want to get vaccinated, if you're thinking about getting vaccinated, and you're over 21, and you're also thinking with like an edible and a pre-roll. Well, look, there it is, right there, hand in hand. Look, the universe is speaking to you. All right, here we go. You know, we were just talking about that, the collective conscious. You know, you know when you think about somebody for a long time, and all of a sudden they call you. You know, that's that whole thing. You know, you could have been thinking about, you know, joining Annabelle and getting shot and boom. The DEA approved $300 million for marijuana research and a grow facility in New Mexico. (laughs) New Mexico will soon be the home to one of the nation's largest cannabis manufacturing and research facilities as New Mexico Governor uh, Michelle Grissom and Bright Green Corp. announced a $300 million investment in a state-of-the-art agricultural ecosystem on company-owned property in Grant, New Mexico. That will embrace the latest technology and automation delivering consistency and purity to the production of high-quality cannabis for the advancement of medical research. Quote, I couldn't be more excited about the development of another world-class research facility right here in New Mexico the governor said, New Mexico, as a state, has a legacy of leading in research and science. And Bright Green is an exciting partner that I'm glad has chosen to make an impact here in our state. We have the talent, workforce, and innovative spirit to make this forthcoming new industry a complete success. We're in and out? Oh, no. Is it a computer thing? Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, hang on. I'm going to mute this one here then. And let's see. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. We're good? Sorry about that, folks. We knew that was going to happen. What's that? All right. Remember, 206. You heard it here, folks. All right, let's see. We were talking about New Mexico. Whoop, whoop. Uh, the DEA. Okay. The project is expected to create more than 170 construction jobs and an initial 200 research and agricultural jobs. By agriculture, they mean growing weed. I'm going to right now. With the cooperative spirit of federal, state, and business, We found in New Mexico, we will see New Mexico and Bright Green Corporation become leaders in this emerging field of medical research, said Lynn Stockwell, the majority owner and controlling stockholder of Bright Green Corporation. Based in grants, Bright uh, BGC uh, was approved by the DEA (laughs) to facilitate the production, uh, storage, packaging, and distribution of medical research marijuana. I love it. Medical research marijuana. Under the new regulations, as well as other applicable uh, legal standards and relevant laws, BGC executed a memorandum of agreement with the DEA earlier this week. Oh, where'd it go? Quote, while much is written about the cannabis market, uh, we believe the true contribution of cannabis lies in its medical application, said Ed Robinson, chief executive of Bright Green Corporation, our vision is to improve the quality of life across a broad demographic group through the opportunities presented by medical applications of plant-based therapies, including cannabis-derived products. To obtain an authorization from the DEA, applicants are responsible for demonstrating they have met various requirements, including requirements to possess appropriate state authority, document that their customers are licensed to perform research, and employ adequate safeguards to prevent Diversion. Well, there you have it, folks. Whoa. <laughs> Go New Mexico. All right. BGC. We're going to have to look that up. See what's going on with those guys. All right. So 
Here we go. Did you find out what was going on with the Y-Y-Not-Net rolling papers? How do we buy them? What's happening? Oh, it might be a, it might be a, I don't know. Maybe we might be able to get them. They're really great. This book is really great. It's almost over, though. So, um, oh, it might not be. I don't know. It looks like it. It looks like all the pictures. All right. Let's see here. Um, <clears throat> why worship the gold calf? Oh, we were just talking about stocks and things to look up. And whoa. <laughs> The gold calf, and there's a picture of a, a big gold bull with a big money symbol in, in between his horns, and it's Wall Street. And uh, this one guy's hanging himself by the bull's neck. Another guy's tossing all the stocks in the air. Um, just a dark, dark place. These guys are all jumping out the windows in the back. That's crazy. Uh, dark market speculation almost destroyed the world economy, but. Bankers continued to receive mind-boggling bonuses. During the first nine months of 2009, five of the largest banks that received federal aid, Citigroup, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, and Morgan Stanley together set aside about $90 billion for compensation. Wall Street bailout cost $4.6 trillion, most from federal reserve loans, part of which is still going towards bonuses. Well, isn't that interesting? Oh. Well, why not? Worship the holy cow. <laughs> and there's a picture of what looks like Shiva on top of a cow, and everyone's like, they're, we're all oming out, it's all Indian, we're smoking and doing little ching-ching. What are those things called that you put on your, your fingers and ching-ching about? They're cool. Why not worship the holy cow? Everyone's happy and running around joyful and Token around the cow is revered and oh yeah, respected throughout India, as it symbolizes the vehicle of one of the most important divinities of Hinduism, Lord Shiva. In Hindu India, cannabis is believed to have been used as an ethiogen uh, as early as 1000 BCE in, <clears throat> in mainstream. Uh, lay religious usage. It is usually taken as a concoction in milk called bhang, B-H-A-N-G, and used during religious ceremonies, such as marriage, as well as the Hindu celebration of holy. Hashish, or charas, is widely smoked by Shivite devotees. Sorry about that, folks. And cannabis itself is seen as a gift of Shiva to aid in meditation. Uh, wandering <clears throat> sadhus are often seen smoking charas with a chillum, uh, which is a ceramic cone shape of pipe, and you can pretty much guess what's in that. And that's why they're so damn happy. So how are we doing out there, folks? What time is it? Okay, good. We're doing, we're doing good on time. Oh, you're listening to Weed Day Wednesday, brought to you by Tumbleweed Health Center. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your healthy lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. Come on down. We can show you all those groovy products. We also have a whole line of other products to show you. Uh, right now we're having a, you know what, should we send her buy one, get one? Absolutely, yeah, buy one, get one on all our Tumbleweed products. We're going to send that to the summertime because everyone needs that. Summertime in Arizona is like nine months. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yeah, come on down. We've got, oh, we do have all sorts of the concentrates. We don't have any of the Delta 8 right now. <laughs> now I'm afraid to have it down there because they're going to get you. <laughs> so, I'm sure there's probably Delta 11 coming soon to a <laughs> CBD shop near you. Um, 
Yeah. All right. We got all sorts of stuff though, but they do make it an attempt. It's not. What's that? Eight nine. Eight nine. No nine. Can't have it up to nine. Um, but they do make, and this is hemp, it's not just CBD. People think that it's just CBD, but it's, uh, you know, distillate and what else we got down there? Wax and cash and what else we got? Moon rocks. Remember, it's all hemp, so this is not weed, <clears throat> but people really do like it. Um, we got some customers that come back for the distillate for their migraines. It works pretty well. So if you don't want to deal with dispensaries or dispensary prices, uh, you can come on down to Tumbleweed South Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard, right on it, six days a week. Um, and so we were talking to the state last week about uh, taxes, and uh, <clears throat> we were asking them about the tax prices or the tax rates for medical versus um, recreational. Right now, rec is at what, 24.6? 24.6% on top of, yeah, on top of everything else you're buying. That's a lot. Uh, you don't pay any medical tax per se, but you do pay the regular 8.6 or 8.9 or whatever the heck we're at um, right now. I don't know if it went up or <laughs> 8.7, somewhere, you know, 249, All right. So, all right, let's read one more before the break, and then we'll get back, and I think we're going to have some Doug Fine story time. All right, why a doctrine of hypocrisy and fear? Well, because that's what America lives on, too. All right, the Catholic Church, uh-oh, is the world's largest Christian church, claiming more than a billion members, led by the Pope. It defines its mission as spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, administering the sacraments, and exercising charity. Yet, during the years of Inquisition, the church inflicted tortures and incarcerated over 125,000 individuals for religious heresy. An estimated 6,000 were executed, and some 60,000 women burned at the stake as witches. Remember, this is an old book. Check your back. Uh, today, which was... 11 years ago, uh, more than 10,000 allegations of sexual abuse on minors have been filed against Catholic priests in the U.S., uh, thousands more in Ireland and many in other countries. The BBC reported on allegations that the current pope, 11 years ago, then was a cardinal heading the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, helped cover up the mass rapes of children by priests. Cardinal Ratzinger was responsible for enforcing a secret Vatican decree to shelter their perpetrators and silence the victims of abuse. And we hope that crap's still not happening because that's messed up. So why not a doctrine of love? Although most Christian religions cannabis, um, little do they know that Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the man who preached of love and forgiveness, gained his uh, title through a Hebrew ritual served, uh, reserved to high priests, prophets, and kings in which one was drenched in the holy anointing oil created from several aromatic herbs, including kenes bosom, which is, quote, to believed as cannabis. Not to forget, and they've got little, you can check it out, references here. Not to forget. And God said, Let's earth, let the earth bring forth grass the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and God saw that it was good. So there you go. I don't know. That's all from the book. You know else is not from the book that we love. Puff, 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 puff. Like what up, I got some good pop I'm just pumped up, got some herb from the pot shop 
ice in my fridge It used to be frosty My friends like Damn, that's a stoned ass donkey Rolling in hella high Looking like it's pizza time Dominating all my friends As I eat some chili fries Draped in a snuggie With my girl sitting next to me Probably shouldn't have had a big gulp Full of ice tea but shit, it was 99 cents I'll be blazing and smoking it About to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks Reese's pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop Cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys Yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa Can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's And then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEA's would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Listen, the war on drugs, it's time to pull the plug. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Listen, the war on weed, the people have agreed.
my kind of messaging. Now, I don't claim to be a marketing expert. Thomas Ballack, an Emerald Triangle ganja farmer entrepreneur whose work I followed for a year in Too High to Fail, is always reminding me that the lesson of Nike is to choose a short word, phrase, or symbol that means nothing to most people, which you transform into your own message. He chose comma tree for his sun-grown brand. At the same time, I've been handed hundreds of hemp products in the past five years, and if there's a first impression lesson I've learned, it's this. Make the journey to purchasing as easy as possible for your customer. Don't make them work. Unless you want to be an anti-brand, like the Fat Pig Society's Free Hemp, I recommend against pulling a symbolic the formerly known as gag on your label. Just tell your natural story concisely. Let your label and packaging reflect your entire enterprise. And in your social media, demonstrate that you use your own products daily. Branding and labeling brainstorming is a fun phase in the hemp calendar. Enjoy it. In the middle of the season, you can look over your wavering plants, maybe fire up the barbecue, and find the obvious message embedded in your enterprise. Is there a particularly prominent terpene in your cultivar's bouquet? Its mango scent might inform your logo. My new labels feature a goat yanking off my cowboy hat. It's based on a photo of my very first goat, Natalie Merchant, doing just that. Humor is my salvation, so it's reflected in my enterprise's product label. You also might keep in mind that your farming and business modes, your brand name, and your label, collectively your enterprise's elevator pitch, also has a second job. Since we are in the process of defining what independent regenerative hemp entrepreneurialism is, your message carries extra weight. You are an early member of the team that's helping establish our niche in the marketplace, the craft space. So look sharp and tuck in those pajamas. Whether you know it or not, you're a role model. Varietals, bouquets, and tastings. Whether you're creating your product and its storyline or looking to buy top-shelf hemp, here's a word you might want to keep in mind. Terroir. This is the culinary marketing concept whereby a place's name can only be used if the cheese or wine or hemp is cultivated in that place. In some cases, terroir is backed by international law. This is why California champagne is called sparkling wine, even if grown with champagne grapes. In a largely anonymous consumer landscape, a terroir stamp can be used to significant advantage as part of the independent entrepreneur's marketing arsenal. In fact, it's already encoded in Vermont's hemp regulations. Recognizing that the word Vermont itself is a valuable asset conveying green mountains, fish, and a Ben and Jerry's craft mindset, the state's Agency of Agriculture, Food, and Markets included a Vermont hemp labeling protocol in its draft 2019 hemp regulations. To claim Vermont hemp on your label, you have to cultivate in the Green Mountain State. This is why my product looks like a little bottle of maple syrup. It's not hard to see how Vermont's deciders came up with the idea. The state already has an almost ridiculously huge and buried craft beer economy. Brewery for every 8,700 people collectively crafting 151 pints of beer per adult Vermonter. I've rarely seen a Jaguar or a Knoll drink the same brew twice. So much for an anonymous landscape, chain stores just puzzle Vermonters. And though Montpelier is the only state capital without a McDonald's, this mindset extends beyond Vermont. In our working lifetimes, craft beer will be a larger market sector than mass market beer. With $27 billion in annual sales, the microbrew niche is about to cross 25% market share, and it's gaining more than 1% per year. Craft beer is thus a great example of the type of entrepreneurialism hemp growers should emulate. The two keys to the niche's success, microbrews taste better and they are regionally produced. They are of a place. It's not just craft beer that's increasing market share. It's craft everything. Millions of folks are craving authenticity across their entire shopping. At the moment, it's easier for marketing departments to push mass product 
when every message is the same. You can plug it into toothpaste, entertainment temples, or political candidates. As a result, in an era that urges homogenization, leaving all but the dogged with one and a half options for everything pizzas to telcos, a clever independent entrepreneurial play is gourmet distinctiveness. One of the edges we farmer entrepreneurs are trying to maintain is the concept of living products, meaning not totally sanitized products. Our brand balances digital age know-how and local soul. Whenever I get to this point, I always think of something that our South Carolina farmer, Nat Bradford, signed to one of the oldest watermelon-growing families in the United States, told me. When my great-great-grandparents were breeding their favorite varieties 150 years ago, they didn't select based on sweetness spectrometer analysis or focus groups. They sliced up melons and chose the ones that tasted best to them. Another important chord to strike is demonstrating that your product couldn't be grown anywhere else. Might be the mountains of Mendocino, caves of Arkansas, or the Ashanti region of Ghana. Its terroir determines its scent, its protein or cannabinoid profile, and your values. Not only that, but in our craft niche, your 2022 harvest vintage will be different from your 2021 harvest vintage. We're entering the era of top shelf hemp varietals. Visualize your product in the hemp equivalent of a fine wine or craft beer shop, the kind of place you'd go if you wanted to pick up something special for someone's pre-wedding dinner. Even for everyday wellness, as hemp and cannabis markets expand, a significant portion of customers will choose a regional small batch offering rather than the humdrum CBD offerings in chain stores. A tip for hemp customers. On trade show floors these days, I like to stroll up to a booth, listen to a CBD pitch woman's energetic spiel about improving sleep or helping dog arthritis, and then ask, do you source your hemp from local farmers? I'm just asking, but after we chat for 10 minutes, more than one pitch woman has told me she's going to bring the matter up at company meetings or even change her focus within the industry. If you are a hemp customer, it's helpful to us, the farmer entrepreneurs, if you keep this know-your-farmer ethic in mind as you shop. Anytime a hemp hustler can't tell you how or where the actual crop in his product was grown or whether the farmer is included in the revenue sharing, that should raise a red flag. If you hear, well, I'm not really on the cultivation side, I suggest looking for another product. No righteous backstory, no buy. Also not good. We buy our CBD on the open market. You can do that yourself, minus the fancy bottle. I wouldn't, though. A much better answer is, I'm the marketing director, but I'm on the farm at least once a week. Look how dirty my fingernails are. We cultivate biodynamically from genetics we've developed, and our nine full-time farmers are all included in profit sharing. We're a B Corp, and in the next three years, we aim to evolve into a cooperative. The reason I can tell you about the farmer's role is that I'm married to one of them. When you get that kind of answer, you're almost certainly looking at a superior product. Craft hemp customers are the same folks that choose craft beer, a fine wine, or farmer's market herbs today. There will be hemp tastings following farm tours. Knowledgeable salespeople at fine hemp shops will tell tourists in your region, well, the 2022 harvest didn't have all the CBN that the previous seasons did, but the overall cannabinoid and turf balance makes it my favorite harvest by the carbon sink hemp folks. Delicious. When it comes to hemp industry market share, craft production might start in the lead and never relinquish it. One way to help ensure this is to let folks know that by enjoying what's in your bottle, they are doing good for themselves, the families of farmer producers, and the planet. Stress that this is explicitly because it's organic, farmer-supporting, soil-building, low in carbon miles, and plant-derived. Right out of the gate, you're validating your brand. What customer wouldn't want to buy organic chocolate-covered hemp seeds whose label informs her you are sequestering 20 pounds of carbon 
for every serving of this superfood that you eat. Cannabis prohibition was an aberration that drops in our laps this incredible opportunity to relaunch regeneratively from farm techniques through business practices. The more true you stay to handcrafted organic principles, the more value your product will retain over time. This is the driving force for producers like Vermont Pharmacy and Natural Good Medicines. But don't think that because you've executed well in the field and in the labeling software, your work is done. As it was when craft beer launched in 1979, part of our collective task will be to teach our customers how fun it is to explore taste, scent, and texture differences among hemp products that emerge from the diversity of varietals and locations in which we independent craft farmers are cultivating. Already, some dispensaries introduce customers to farmers with featured farm displays that include videos of life in that cannabis hemp field. For seed oil products, there will be buttery varieties, pleasantly bitter ones, and extremely oily ones. Connoisseurs will stock hemp seed oil sellers the way they today do wine and cheese sellers. Flower offerings will also develop top-shelf taste and distinct entourage effect reputations. This is the Dolly Parton model. If you're detecting a hoity-toity dynamic in this strategy, it is there and we'll have to find the comfort zone between accessible and top shelf. Craft products might indeed be more expensive per unit than a box store offering, at least at first. That's to be expected. Dom Perignon is gonna cost more than two buck chuck, but this doesn't mean pricing out of the range of non-gazillionaires. It means pricing in a way that pays farmers well. Still, how do you convince someone to spend more per unit when there are cheaper, faceless alternatives down the street at the pharmacy? Well, Frank Zappa used to ask every auditioning musician, what do you do that's phenomenal? With a similar mindset, you're wise to feature what you do as a farmer that is spectacular, Dolly's better, and that no one else does, different. Highlight that you nurture your soil as though your customers' lives depend on it, because they do explicitly explains that there is more to the cost of a product than sticker price. That accomplished, how will you get your product to customers? The age in which we live means that digital sales and other direct marketing approaches are likely to account for a major share of sales for the foreseeable future. Even when gearing one's marketing toward folks consciously shopping for distinctive terroir-based hemp products, the game-changing reach allowed by virtual marketing will likely be an asset for the independent vertical enterprise. We sell about 36% of our product via the web and much of the balance at retail outlets like the Vermont Hepicurian and Clover Gift Shop and Apothecary, said Colin of Vermont Pharmacy. And Erin teaches CBD yoga classes which incorporate the products. Whatever it takes, the independents I see succeeding are the ones on the horn with food co-ops or stables, renting space at farmer's markets, figuring out shipping costs, hand-delivering products and invoices to stores, and staying on top of regulatory developments and planning social media giveaways. While the general decline of brick-and-mortar retailing gets lots of attention, Vermont Pharmacy's high retail sales percentage demonstrates that wellness-focused products lend themselves to physical shopping personal interactions, selecting from top-shelf small-batch products, discussing it all with knowledgeable staff. These are some of the reasons I think we'll increasingly see high-end hemp shops popping up in our more thriving downtowns, the Napa's, Portland's, and Burlington's of the world. These stores might include products from all sides of the plant, from tinctures to hats to, let us hope, hemp literature, or they might focus only on fresh flour or hemp clothing. E.R. Beach has been open for business in Ohio with his Hemptation stores for 25 years. I got a hemp fiber clipboard from him in 2014 that's still going strong. He believes that just as we're seeing a healthy food renaissance in the midst of a global obesity epidemic, so folks in the Amazon age will often want to personally touch, smell, and taste a hemp product before buying. His exponentially increasing sales trajectory in the past five years has, he said, allowed us to open more locations and sell more U.S. products. Palmetto Harmony opened its first dedicated brick-and-mortar store in Conway, South Carolina in 2018. Janelle said its first-year revenue was around $100,000. It's a great business model for a single-family enterprise, she said. Similarly, 
my own group sees a retail focus as significant for the medium-term future of hemp in hemp. Kim and Dana are absolutely convinced that their Tumbleweeds Health Center is going to be a substantial platform for us. I can't overemphasize how much that helps me sleep well. Trust plays in here. They have a seven-year customer base. That speaks volumes in any industry. All the aforementioned small batch distribution platforms have something in common. They make economic sense only if producers are not regulated into homogeneity. We are going to require our own set of friendly regulations for nutritive supplements and other branches of small batch hemp, distinct from any pharma-style schematic that larger producers or regulators might have in mind. That means we must have our collective craft niche supermarket pastoral ready. Embedded in all independent regenerative hemp messaging is we, the actual farmers leading the multi-billion dollar hemp renaissance, recognize that at the global scale, there's a move on to sanitize products, including nutritive supplements. Such homogenization leads to our extinction. Might we find space for this ancient regenerative craft mode? The good news is our products are better. Defining regenerative distribution parameters. While we're in the trenches with our multi-year effort to establish our product lines, let's take a glance at the scope of the distribution landscape for our niche once our enterprise succeeds. Even the breadth of our enterprise's ambition is a regenerative decision. As we prepare to manifest the craft hemp market, we have these fundamental questions to address. Do we want one or two major suppliers of hemp seed oil, hemp herd, or CBD to dominate the market? Or do we want many thriving regional providers elevating entire communities of farmers and production teams to sustainable affluence? The related practical questions for each enterprise are, how much do you want to produce to make a fine living, and how far and wide do you want to ship it? Maybe it's because I've been spending so much time around plants. The, this isn't the only gear thought keeps coming back to me. In practical terms, how big is big enough? And when would a well-intentioned regional enterprise that is humming along, engaging dozens of farmers, supplying millions of dollars of products, know when it's time to put on the brakes? First off, what a wonderful problem to have. Humanity is in a much, much better place when how do we sustain hemp's growth over seven generations is our primary question. Our economic mindset for the past few centuries, let's be honest, hasn't been superlative in this area. You could argue that ignoring limits has been modern globalization's major mistake. Limits don't fit well into the stock market model. If we take a lesson from the plants themselves, we notice that there are times of day and phases of the year when a portion of a field might remain relatively static or even contract. Similarly, sometimes we humans flower, sometimes we are dormant, sometimes we focus on our love, sometimes we play defense, sometimes we throw nearly all our energy into providing for the next generation. How do we take the entrepreneur's relentlessly gung-ho spirit and imbue it with a regenerative protocol. No doubt there is more than one route to regenerative production and distribution. A lot of it comes back to supporting as many farmers as possible. As Eugenia puts it, we'd rather see a hundred farmers growing 10 acres, each making a solid six-figure living while collaborating, than one farmer growing a thousand acres making $10 million. Eugenia's on to something. This is how our society works now. It's balkanized. In the 1990s, 21 million people tuned in to the same commercial running on Seinfeld every Thursday. Today, many of us are fans of niche shows or podcasts drawing, if they're hugely successful, an audience of 5 million. The same 21 million people are still watching something, but the disparate media landscape means fans can now support five streaming grassroots shows when they used to support one. Similarly, five regional producers might serve a region's hemp seed food needs where there had once been one. 
each making a fine living care of a one million strong fan base, if not five times that. Even 10,000 customers spending $100 per year on your product makes you a million dollar grossing operation. As for when to know your entity is lucrative enough, that's a decision to be made by each enterprise. Regenerative, something other than maximizing short-term profit has to be the motivation. Jeff and Wade Lee of the Haloa Aina Company on Hawaii's Big Island have revived the Hawaiian sandalwood essential oil industry and in the interest of forest health, immediately capped production at an amount, 120 kilograms per month, that brings in $3 million annually. A tree's life cycle is long, the 61-year-old Jeff Lee told me on a fragrant tour of the 3,000-acre forest. We'd like to watch how the forest develops for a human generation or two before deciding whether it can handle expansion. Jeff and Wade do not aspire to see their sandalwood in Costco. Three million bucks a year is enough, and Jeff said, most of it we put back into the forest. Our goal is to rebuild a native ecosystem that was decimated by cattle overgrazing. As we consciously nudge the economy into a fundamentally regional mindset, this will itself help us to establish our enterprise's ideal evolutionary pace. Maybe there will be some lively discussion about what constitutes regional and regenerative. I'm okay with that. Does regional mean a 500-mile sales radius or a 5,000-mile one when delivery modes are carbon neutral or carbon sequestering? As a starting point, I'll suggest that our craft market sector define its upper production level parameters at 15 annual tons of product by prepackaged weight. That's a semi-random amount. Maybe I'll look back on that number and laugh at its paltriness. In my own enterprise, it would mean 150,000 units of hemp in hemp in three-ounce bottles. Even split among several partners and with profit sharing and expenses, that would leave my family with a more comfortable living than we've ever experienced. And it could be done regeneratively on 20 acres. To the increased... Re Oh, there you go. Sorry about that, folks. We're going to end, uh, end the show here. Oh, can't hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. Okay. Much better. All right. Thank you, Doug Fine. And where's our uh, sound effects? Oh, slide to unlock. It's always like that. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Doug Fine, and you will get to listen to Doug Fine some more. Um, maybe in the next couple weeks or so. Uh, I think we're going to have a guest on next week, so check out TumbleweedHealthCenter.com. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your healthy lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430, and you can come on down to Tumbleweeds Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Monday through Saturday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We love you. We love being here each and every week. Like I said, check out TumbleweedHealthCenter.com for all the information you need on everything. CBD, certifications, guests on the radio show, news, information, and video. Check out our video section. It's a really, really awesome section. Um, and just go out. It's June, so happy June. 206 days until Christmas. Don't stay in Have an awesome day. Smoke some weed. And uh, just be good today. That's all. Be good to somebody. That'll be even better. <laughs> happy Wednesday, Wednesday, y'all. We'll see you next week.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.